0: welcome back to another episode of game talk radio I'm your host Greg my co-host is John John how you doing today bud
1: uh good it feels like it's been a month since we last did one of these which is funny because I think it's actually been shorter than our normal amount of time between episodes
0: yeah I <laughs> I don't remember if we did it Tuesday or Wednesday last week I think we did Wednesday
1: I I well didn't we do it we did it right after PlayStation announced their pricing and stuff, which wasn't that like Thursday.
0: So that was Wednesday because the pre-orders were all supposed to start Thursday, and then, and then uh, <laughs> the 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 apocalypse, the pre-order apocalypse happened okay. on, on Wednesday afternoon. <clears throat> so, uh, which we, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. So, um, some earth-shattering news <clears throat> that uh, that came down the pipeline where Microsoft purchased ZeniMax, which owns Bethesda. Uh, which owns lots of studios uh, in there. So there's some really interesting stuff we're going to talk about. I mean, that, that's a bombshell announcement. So we're going to talk about our thoughts yep. about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the um, the pre-order experience with the Xbox Series S and X. Those both went up yesterday.
1: <clears throat> yep, yesterday, uh, supposedly at 10 a.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so we're going to talk about that. John has a little bit of a trivia thing set up for me with some PSP games. So I'm excited about that. And then we've got our games of the week and we've got our pickup pile of the week. And I don't really have a rant at all this week, John. So instead of that, um, do you, let's talk about, cause you had a question for me. So I'm going to let you throw that out there. Like it was something about the launch titles for PS5 and which ones like, I've pre-ordered, and which ones I'm going to skip on, and so we let's start the conversation with that. That'll that's what we'll do as our rant of the week. <clears throat> then we'll go into so, stories after that.
1: So first off, you got a PlayStation Five. I I ordered one as well. Did you even try to get an Xbox? No, I did not. Okay.
0: Yeah, um, it was a uh, yeah, it was it was kind of weird um, because I just had a weird realization that I have zero use for one like zero <laughs> uh, especially since I'm going to be upgrading my PC uh, and so I, I really thought about it plus and I know this sounds really crazy I ha- I'm going to get xCloud as part of my Game Pass Ultimate package mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to stream xCloud through my Xbox One X so I really don't have a reason to have a Series X when I'll be able to play anything I would have wanted to play on console through xCloud
1: well, and uh, most of that stuff is also going to be able to be played through your computer too,
0: right? Right, and so really the only difference between my my PC and my Xbox, my Xbox is in the living room, and I do like sitting on a couch playing with a controller. That's always going to be a benefit to consoles for me. And I know mm-hmm. that you can on PC you can hook your computer to your TV. Like it just it never works great. Like I I that's how I played Jedi Fallen Order. I played it through my EA Access, and okay. I, I just like I had to play the game in like a reduced. Uh, resolution because I was getting this weird like screen glitches even though I destroyed the the, the settings of that game like it wasn't a, it wasn't my computer it was the issue there was some compatibility issue I don't know what it was and so there's hmm. always something so what I like about the console is typically the console experience is exactly what you were meant to get <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. so uh, I really I, I had this moment of clarity which is quite nice because I didn't have to deal with all that stuff yesterday just don't want one don't need one not saying i won't get one eventually but i just i can't see a a point until they give me a reason to buy one i just can't see it
1: yeah i i did get one i uh i was dressing out at uh at work for like a good 45 minutes because uh pruders went live at 10 a.m on walmart and target and walmart sold out almost immediately uh Target didn't say that it was sold out, uh, but they had a they had a pre order button that when you clicked it, it just did nothing,
2: hmm.
1: <laughs> and then occasionally it would work, and then you'd go to your cart and you go to check out, and then it would just say your cart is empty. Um, so I was like, all right, that's borked. Um, so then I would I was <clears> sitting on, uh, Walmart actually no, um, Amazon just kept showing you pictures of adorable dogs. Uh, and then Microsoft's own website was completely screwed, like 505 error.
0: (laughs) That's crazy to me that, that after a week of seeing how poorly the retailers handled the PS5 traffic, that they couldn't somehow adjust for that given a whole week. Right. I'm I'm baffled by that.
1: Well, you'd think that, that, uh, Microsoft would have decent servers considering they are part of the backbone of the internet. Yeah, you'd think so. Uh, <laughs> well, and but so, yeah, their, yeah, their website was actually the worst. Um, GameStop had this weird queuing system where when you first go to the website, it put you in a, a queue supposedly, so that way, like you'd just wait and then the yeah. the webpage would eventually load and then you'd be able to to get the thing. But that also on a on a smartphone like. I wasn't sure if it was going to prevent me from going to a different website and looking. So I didn't even bother with GameStop. And um, so finally I gave up, like around close to 11. And then uh, my friend Kevin texted me that Wario had posted that Amazon finally went up. And so I jumped on Amazon really quick and that went through right away, uh, which is awesome. Uh, and also the, the nice thing about Amazon is that they let you change your form of payment if it hasn't shipped yet. So I could like just order it right away and then just make sure that it was on my credit card after the fact.
0: Right. Like you could just, f- yeah, you could figure out the details later. Yeah.
1: Right. Which is a really good way to, or to do things because like if you went to like Walmart or Target or wherever else, you really can't do that.
0: So, so. it's funny you said that. So when, when Dom was trying to pre-order his PS5 at Walmart. His his credit card expires in October of this year. He doesn't have a new card yet and they wouldn't let him pre-order it because his card would expire by the time it came out. So oh, like they were just straight up like you can't do anything. Like what I tried to tell him was what I probably would have done is just change the year <laughs> like change the expiration date year by like 1 year just to see if it works cuz ultimately he's probably going to get the same number. Yeah. With, with the card when he gets the new one, but I mean I don't even know if that would work <laughs> or if it's legal. Maybe I shouldn't have given that advice. I don't think it'd be, I don't
1: think that'd eh, be legal,
0: but... I don't don't think you'd go to jail. (laughs) No. Um, Well, so, uh, forgive me for a moment, I want to put on my tinfoil conspiracy hat here, so... Again, we still have to get me that huge Hershey Kiss hat, or whatever, that I'm going to put on as my tinfoil hat. (laughs) Um, So, I brought, I have something up on the screen, you can't see it, obviously, but... It was uh, CheapyD on Twitter, so he's one of the heads of Cheap Ass Gamers. Cheap ass Gamer, yep. So what I like about David Abrams is that he is he's revealing some interesting information about the number of systems. So he doesn't know exactly how many systems are pre ordered, obviously, like none of us do. Mm-hmm. But since he uses affiliate links, he can tell you how many systems were pre ordered through him. And okay. while, and while he doesn't specifically say how many pre orders as a total number here's what he said some comparisons from the day after PS5 slash Xbox pre-orders number one about six times as many PS5s were pre-ordered as Xbox ones via the affiliate links holy crap which is is a pretty big deal Um, number two Amazon never had the Xbox Series S available for order and not one affiliate link ordered it through them so basically they had the links up and not one person got one through them um, three, Xbox name confusion did not equal orders of Xbox one consoles by error, because I don't know if you saw that, that tweet went kind of viral and it yes. showed how the Xbox one X had increased in, uh, uh, increased in, in popularity by like 700% on Amazon's site. Mm-hmm. So obviously I don't know if that means that's actual purchases or if it just means traffic, you know, to the site, um, and I don't know how true that is. I I'm the first, I, I've I'm on record saying this. The naming sucks. Like it yes. it is confusing for the average consumer. Is it confusing for people trying to pre-order one? I don't know. Because the people trying to get it now are pretty much the diehards who do get it. You know, I when I talk about people being confused by it, I'm talking about the moms and the grandmas trying to buy this thing on Black Friday to Christmas.
1: Yeah. Well, when I when I was looking for the pre-order link before wario 64 posted it in his thread uh if you looked up xbox series x on amazon it would just show you people that had the xbox one x listed
0: yeah and actually which which could be
1: why it uh it had that increase in like um visibility
0: yeah when i was looking for the 3080 cards Every time mm-hmm. you if you go to Amazon and search RTX 3080, it always brought up the twenty eighty cards. <laughs> like every time. So okay. that might be their algorithm. So again, that doesn't mean much. And I, I agree. I don't think that, that I don't think that confuse I don't think that number increase in traffic to that was necessarily people buying it. It might have just been people being directed to that because the search pushed them there. So I'm not gonna, you know, on that. But I found the six times as many PS fives pre ordered as Xboxes very interesting. Uh except yeah that there was a few big differences. One, uh, no one knew when PS5 pre orders were going live. So as mm. soon as Cheap Ass Gamer kicked out the links, you were gonna get a lot more people. The Xbox yeah. the Xbox and itself you... gave the links like like you knew what time the Xbox was going to start being pre ordered so people could prepare and go right to Best Buy site or go right to something. Right. Else. You
1: wouldn't need an affiliate link as much as you yeah. did with PlayStation. Mm.
0: So so I, I'm not going to subscribe to the fact that I think that the PS5 sold six times as many Xboxes. I don't think that's accurate. However, so here's the tinfoil hat, though. I haven't even get to the tinfoil hat stuff yet. So the tinfoil hat going on. I This is tinfoil hat, Greg. I, remember, tinfoil hat, Greg. But I'm saying, I feel like all of the excitement and the selling out and all that craziness, I don't think they did pre-order nearly as many systems as Sony did with their PlayStation 5. And I feel mm-hmm. like they either... Purposefully limited their stock so that they would cause this sort of issue, uh, and 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 I don't believe for a second that it that the Xbox Series X slash S was just as popular as the PlayStation Five. I'm not buying that for like a minute.
2: <laughs> and and okay. not
0: saying that the Xbox isn't popular. I'm I'm not saying that at all. I sell plenty. I get it. And while it's not my favorite, I, it's not that I can't see that the Xbox is popular, but. I just, I'm not buying it. It's just the, the amount of hype behind it, the amount of momentum going into this, the Xbox did not have that level of momentum as much as Sony did with the PlayStation. Now, the big announcement from Bethesda, that was a big boost, I'm sure. I'm sure that gave a nice shot in the arm, at, which was exactly why they timed it the way they timed it. The day before, yeah. dropped the big news, pre-order the next day, let people think, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, let people think that all elder scrolls games are exclusive now so that they reserve your system (laughs) but like i just i'm not i'm not buying it i think this i think this was artificial scarcity um when i don't think sony did that i think sony legitimately was gonna start pre-orders on thursday (laughs) and then walmart screwed the pooch and like ruined everything (laughs) um and then i think xbox looked at that though and said if we don't if we don't, if our system doesn't sell out just like the PlayStation sold out, it'll be bad press. It'll be viewed poorly. So we need to, you know, limit the amount of systems we're going to put out there for pre-order. Now, again, tinfoil hat, Greg. Do I actually believe that? Probably not. Who cares? But that's my tinfoil conspiracy <laughs> okay. of the week. Like, put it on and say, I, I think I, I could see that. I could see Microsoft manipulating the stock so that they look sold out just like the PlayStation. Because I yep. I just I, you, there was not even the same sense of excitement for the Xbox as there was for the PlayStation. It's just not. I, and it's not it's not dogging on the Xbox. I'm just saying you have the momentum of a really successful console in the PlayStation 4. You got Xbox limping out with the with the seri- with the Xbox One X and the Xbox, you know, One S. Like they 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 basically gave up on this generation halfway through to start looking forward to the future and you know it's just it's just what it is just it's just not as popular no problem it doesn't mean that microsoft's not going to make a buttload of money with their digital services but it's just from a hardware standpoint it didn't have the same momentum
1: yeah uh so what are you excited about in the next gen consoles uh probably specifically playstation um I already know one of your answers is gonna be Demon's Souls, because that's also mine. Right. <laughs> um so what else are you excited about besides Demon Souls?
0: Well, I guess the only other game I plan on buying right away for a console is going to be Miles Morales. Spider Man. Okay, same. But, but what's weird about that is that I would have just, like, it's just a game because I could get it on PS4. So, like, that's not, to me, that's not next-gen excitement. That's just like, hey, it's a new Spider-Man game. Of course I'm excited. Right. Um Which I found out some interesting news because remember I was asking some questions last week about, like, how the upgrade works for Spider-Man and all the other sort of stuff. They right. finally revealed the details today. I, I retweeted it. And it's it's odd because the the PS5 remaster of Spider-Man from the PS4 is not available as an upgrade. You can't upgrade your PS4 copy to it Right. And you can only get it in the special edition of Miles Morales. You cannot buy it separately. Which I think is okay. a, is a bad move. I think overall it's just a terrible marketing move. I think they should have just included it. And then you know, which technically they kinda are because Miles Morales was only gonna be a forty nine ninety nine game and if you get the special edition that includes Spider Man at sixty nine ninety nine. So why don't you just say Miles Morales is sixty nine ninety nine and you get the remastered Spider Man in this? Like don't give people the option, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Rather than rather than making them choose, just just give them it and act like it's a bonus.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, similar to what Capcom did with Dragon's Dogma. Like when Dark Arisen came out, they were like, hey, Dark Arisen's 40 bucks, but we're giving you Dragon's Dogma for free. And you're like, no, you're not. You're giving me the game plus a twenty dollar expansion. Like, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> you know, but, but that's that was their strategy. Um, so I'm I'm very excited for that. I'm gonna pick up that game, and now that I know that the PS5 remaster, not I don't want to say remaster. I guess remaster is the accurate word, isn't it? Uh, it's not a remake. It's not a port. I guess remaster. Yeah, it, I guess I, I, it I is know.
1: a remaster in that they they're using the technology from the PlayStation Five in it to improve things sure. much and much, supposedly yeah. supposedly it's it's stuff that they're also going to have in the sequel to the game as well.
0: Oh, sure, sure. And, and obviously, uh, <clears throat> yeah. There's yeah. also
1: three exclusive suits that are going to be in the game, and then if you're a trophy hound, there's a separate platinum trophy for the game as well. Do you remember if it said if the, the DLC is, is with it too?
0: I did not hear that, but it best be. <laughs> right. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> not that $20 isn't a fair price, I guess, but... I don't know, like you know what a real fair price is. A real fair price is, um, free <laughs> because I already own right. the game, <laughs> so it's a little more. Are fair. you gonna
1: get? Are you gonna get the version that comes with the re- the remaster? <sighs> uh,
0: well, yes, I think so. Now I wasn't going to originally, but I think so now because since I can't buy it separately later. Which and maybe yeah. and they might change that later, but as far as right now. If I, have, if I can only get it by buying that version, I will. And what I'm hoping is it's just part of the game that you install. Like, I hope you install Miles Morales and it's got Spider-Man. Because I always felt like Miles Morales was going to be almost like Uncharted Lost Legacy. Almost like uh, an expansion pack. You know, it's not a full-price game, but it's not an expansion pack either. Something in between.
1: Yeah. And
0: so if, if Miles Morales is like that, I want it all on one disc, but if it's like a download code that you just redeem and then download your system and it's separate from the like the game, I mean I guess it's not gonna be it on is, disc. I'm smart enough to It is that a name.
1: download code, yeah. For sure. Um I I just hope that they would use some of the same data so that way you don't have like three hundred gigs worth of Spider Man on your console. Right.
0: Well, and, and and that and that might be too. Um, they might they might share. I guess that's possible. Might share some sort of install cross install. That yeah, that'd since, be weird.
1: Since they're sh- probably sharing a lot of the underlying technology and potentially even city geometry.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting how that would work out. Um, and they also did confirm that your saves won't work from the PS4 right. version of Spider Man. But again, that's like you said, it's a it's a whole new trophy. So, whatever. Yeah,
1: anybody anybody that's super into trophies and and achievements should know that. Because they don't want you to be able to just load up your game save and then pop every trophy right. in a new version of the game. because <laughs> um, yeah. some for some reason Microsoft and Sony like really give a crap about like the sanctity of like trophies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I kind of knew that that was gonna be the case without even as soon as I found out it had a new trophy list, I was like, Yeah, the, the game save's not gonna work. Um That's... so I the question I had for you was what game for next gen launch are you least excited about
0: Uh yeah, I had to think about this for a little bit <clears throat> because there's a lot of stuff I don't care about. I don't care about Fortnite coming to PS5, but obviously it was going yeah. to PS5. I mean, who cares? It's what I, I don't have to play it, I don't care. And then, you know, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm, I'm I'm kind of falling out of Assassin's Creed. Same. But but even I look at these though and I'm looking at the launch games and I'm like, you know, whatever, it's not it's not a great launch list. I'm going to say that right away. Like this is not a great launch. Yeah, and I'm basically asking, what's your Fantavision yeah. so, of the PlayStation Five? So my Fantavision, which is funny, you brought up that game because Jordan literally on the Dropcast yesterday was talking about how Fantavision was like his favorite PS2 launch title. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, but anyway, and I just sat there with my mouth shut. Like, okay, um, so. <laughs> I look at this list, and we kind of limited it to games that are going to be on disc, you know, just because yeah. that that shows a little more. I, I'm I'm calling out Destruction All Stars. That game that game looks like a free to play online game with microtransactions that they're somehow trying to charge seventy dollars for. It looks like a garbage rip off of uh, Rocket League. It's like Rocket League and Fortnite mashed together, and, and yeah. Like, not the good parts.
1: <laughs> which, ironically, <laughs> Fortnite is doing, like, next week. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. a Rocket League event next yeah. week.
0: <laughs> uh, and speaking of which, so, Rocket League just went free-to-play today. So, Right. The reason
1: why Destruction All-Stars really, like, sticks in my craw and is like, screw that game, is that... So after all of the PlayStation 5 sold out everywhere, uh, GameStop does their normal thing, which is they do bundles on their website... And oh, if you've boy. ever tried to buy shit at GameStop when around launch um, or during the holidays and stuff, they oftentimes try to bundle games together. And if you're a smart employee, you allow the customer to buy whatever the hell game they want. As long as they buy, like, like if, if the bundle had two games, you just say, hey, you buy any two games and you get the system. The, they did this with the Switch a lot. Um, where, like, when the Switch first came out, you'd get Mario and something else. And so, like, on the website, they don't give you a choice of what game that you're getting. So, like, the PlayStation 5 bundle was $750. It came with two controllers. You got the disc version of the system. You got, I think, a download code of standard Miles Morales Spider-Man. And then you got a disc copy of Destruction (laughs) All-Star. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, why like why that game? Like every bundle that they had of those consoles had Destruction All Stars in it. And it's like just let the customer pick out their extra game. Like, if you want yeah. dead or Demon Souls and you want Spider Man, just make it so that way they have to have three two games and a and a console in the cart before they can check out. Don't force them into buying a game they don't want. And then a lot of times too when like when we worked at GameStop and people bought these bundles, they dickhead stores would not allow them to return the game they didn't want.
0: Yeah. Well, so they would yeah. force
1: you to keep it and like I was always nice and I'd be like, "Hey, I'll let you return it, but you have to get a different game." Uh so like I'm still allowing them to to get what they want without completely disregarding the the reason why GameStop did bundles which was to get a little bit more money out of the yeah. the sale itself because when when you buy a console at like GameStop GameStop's making probably about 30, 50, 30 to 50 bucks off of that $500 purchase
0: if, uh, if you if just if bought that the even console. I think you're being generous
1: <clears throat> wasn't it like 5% what's 5% of 500 bucks
0: Oh, uh, 25 bucks 25 bucks. Okay. Yeah. 25. Um, so yeah, let me, excuse me. Let me first by first start by saying there's a special place in hell for whoever's idea it was to force bundle at GameStop. And it's been like that forever. When I first started working there, it was a quote unquote strategy to, because we had a bunch of copies of Diablo two. So we had pre-ordered lots of copies of Diablo two. And anyone who came in who didn't pre-order it the quote unquote only copies we had left were the copies that were bundled with the strategy guide. Okay. So anybody who didn't pre-order the game came in and had to buy Diablo 2 and the Strategy Guide together. Which is just which is total I mean I I this is so anti consumer, it's ridiculous. Now, some of the horror stories about those bundles <clears throat> as well are like people getting charged for all this stuff. Like I I I heard of Switch bundles where someone bought a Switch bundle, bought all the stuff. The, the sale goes through they ship all the extra stuff because there's still a lot of switches but they've shipped all the other stuff <clears throat> excuse me i don't know what's going on my throat today <clears> throat> and uh so they shipped all the other stuff m- but not the switch so like it's almost <laughs> like they were locking them into that sale and making them keep that stuff until the actual thing they wanted came in um and i and i do get it uh i get that y- you know you don't make a lot of money on systems and you have to make your money up somewhere i totally get that yeah. But Best Buy doesn't force bundle. Walmart doesn't force bundle. Target doesn't force bundle. Amazon doesn't force bundle. So why is GameStop the only company that does it? It's just not it. It, it, it it's so it's Penny Smart Dollar stupid. And and so like yeah, it's quick for that day. You know like yes, that day you get an extra dollar, but you're, you're foregoing all the sales that that customer would ever do for you again because they felt like they got like jobbed over this. You know, and so it's just it's it's just so short cited and it's just irritating to me on a corporate level when that's what they do and they know they don't have a lot of systems they know it's in high demand so they have a few regular systems and then they I don't even know the percents but I would bet I would bet it's somewhere about half of their systems they probably force bundled in onto people which
1: yeah well and, and if they did what I said which is at least letting the people pick out the crap they want it would it would make that sting of the force <laughs> bundle slightly less crappy
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And if you said, and and here's one thing too, forcing a second controller is is malarkey because how many of these games are two player local?
1: Yeah, almost none of them except that Sackboy game.
0: Sackboy maybe. Um, And I'll bet you any money that bundle didn't have Sackboy in it. Um, So you kind of look at that and you're like, so you're only forcing another controller because you make money off it. I do get it. I I get that they're trying to make money. It just, like, they're the only retailer that does it, though. So it just, it's not a good move. And if, if other retailers were doing it and they did it, I'd be like, well, I still think it's stupid, but at least they're not alone. But they're just, they're just dying on that hill. You know, like, I don't know. It's weird. If you just had a good store and good amount of product, you, people would buy stuff from you. I don't, it is really that simple. (laughs) I promise it's not that hard. Um, Well, and then
1: they also, like, they push everybody to go to their website like but their website is generally garbage as well it's very rough so like there's so many products right now that if you want to buy them at gamestop they encourage you they'd be like oh yeah let's get that uh let's get that ordered up from our website and they would do this like like when i was working there it was infuriating because like the district manager would encourage us to do web in store sales where we order the product and have it shipped to the customer's house even if we had a copy of the thing in the store,
2: like that makes he was no telling sense. us to
1: do that, <laughs> that yeah, makes and no it was sense. like, it was like, are you kidding me? Like, like they wanted us to do that for consoles back when during the holidays, like a couple years ago, they'd be like, sell the sell web and store, and it and it's like the only reason to do that is to look good on a sheet of paper for web and store sales metrics. Well, it does yeah. not help the customer in that moment who wants that product that is literally 50 feet behind me, behind a door. Well, I'm not doing
0: that. And, and, and part <laughs> of the reason too was you still get credit for the sale. You don't dig into your own stock. That's right. really what it comes down to. Cause they knew systems are hard to find during the holidays. And if you get corporate to ship it to them and you get credit for the sale, you can sell that physical one in your store to somebody else in the store. So like, again, yes. one of those things that makes sense, like logically, but, it's not consumer-friendly at all, and it's obviously not consumer-friendly. Like, I don't know how anyone, like, you know, like you said, how, how do people do that? And, and that's exactly what you were saying is that it's one of those things that that district manager was getting yelled at by his regional that Monday morning. So he, yeah, he concocts a plan, like, how do you increase your web store? Let's just start getting, even if you have it, just do web store. That's not smart. Yep. That's costing the company more money to ship this thing to them but it makes your district look good. And that was always the issue with the ranking system there was that like they're more than willing to throw profit out the window so that they can rank higher. (laughs) And the the idea of ranking is just so that you know what stores need improvement and which staff needs improvement. But if you're just faking the numbers anyway and just, you know, not falsifying, but if you're just, you know, posting up like bloated numbers, it doesn't mean anything. Right. So
1: yeah, that, that was, that was uh, an overall of, of my experience with pre-ordering Xbox. I did get one. Um, I, although, honestly, I don't know what the hell I want to play on it. <laughs> I think, like, for my Xbox, like, I definitely know for sure I, the first thing I'm putting on my PlayStation is Demon Souls. The second I get it. Um, yes, sir. But as far as the Xbox, I think the first thing I'm probably going to do is I'm probably gonna download my copy of Cyberpunk because I have a I bought the Cyberpunk Xbox One X that comes with the digital copy of the game.
2: Oh yeah. And yeah. so
1: so I'll probably just initiate the download of that. And so the first thing I'll play on that is probably gonna be Cyberpunk. And I'll probably throw in some some Xbox One games and see if there's any sort of improvements at all. Nice. So yeah, my, my plans for the next Xbox are to play Xbox one games on it i'm gonna toss in (laughs) crimson skies
0: and go nuts yeah (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah so so i guess back to you then um is that so would that be demon souls and spider-man are you're also you're anticipated for then too to kind of toss it back to you
1: yes those are the two games i i I don't have them pre-ordered yet um but those are definitely the games that i want the second it comes out more so demon souls like, I think I'll be playing a hell of a lot of Demon Souls, and I think I'll just have Spider-Man. I'll probably throw Spider-Man in for, like, 20 minutes and, like, see how, how it looks compared to the old one and whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Spider-Man, like, I just got done with Ghost of Tsushima, which is an open-world game, and that, like, that formula really wears on me and I can't do back to back open world games. I I need a palate yeah. cleanser. Which Demon Souls is that palate cleanser and I need a palate cleanser because Cyberpunk is an open world game and if I'm going to dive into that game, I have to like be prepared for that. So, mm. I don't know. It, it's going to be awesome though. I, I'm I'm really excited and even if there weren't new consoles this year, I'd still be excited for a Miles Morales Spider-Man for PS4. I'd be excited for Cyberpunk the wow expansions yep. coming out. So like, there's plenty to nope. play. <laughs> oh, I know you're big, you're a big wow guy, John. I know. Um, I can't believe you are still playing. Wow. <laughs> well, I, you go in phases. Like I, I played expansion for like three months and then you quit, you come back for a month right before the next expansion comes out. And then you play the new expansion for three months. And that's it. And it's cyclical and all that. Um, you know, I'm,
1: I'm constantly surprised by what I see you playing because when I'm on, when I turn on my Xbox, it'll show me what you're playing on PC. Sure. And so, like, I'm I'm always surprised that you're like logging so many damn hours in Call of, Call Duties, of Duty. Because, like, <laughs> like if, if for the years that I've known you, if you were to if if you were to ask me, like, oh, what games do I probably play all the time? I would never say Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you just don't you don't come across <laughs> as the kind of guy that plays a shitload of Call of Duty. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm just as surprised as you are. It's the one game for some reason that <laughs> calms me down in all this madness. And okay. uh which is weird because it's not a relaxing game. It's stressful. I've always been a shooter fan, especially competitive shooters. Like I loved Counter Strike. I played that for a long time. Used to play Unreal Tournament a lot. And so I was always looking for like a good shooter. And I played, I think the last one I played a lot was like Call of Duty four, I think. Like I played that a ton and I was like, God, this is really good. I thought it was kind of you know, it was refreshing. Played on the three sixty actually. Played a lot. Didn't really get into Modern Warfare two, and then when Black Ops came out, I think I played a little bit and that was it. And then I don't know what it was about this one. I think it's just the BR. I just love BRs. I started, I played a lot of PUBG when that came <laughs> out. Never got into Fortnite, uh, but PUBG I loved. And so this game is like, you know, it's got what I loved about Battle Royales and PUBG, but doesn't have like the obnoxious janky controls and ter- like quote-unquote uber-realistic <laughs> gameplay. So Call of Duty is just kind of that mix between fun and uh, realism for the BR. So I don't know, I dig it. Plus, I play with a few people that I've always wanted to play games with, and we play like every Sunday night no that's wow. pretty cool but you're right I log in a stupid amount of hours in that game and, and <laughs> it makes no sense to me either because it's like and I tried playing other stuff my brother and I every Thursday night we try to play games together and we tried playing Stardew Valley we had a great night of fun like we had like four hours of playing Stardew Valley starting a multiplayer town together and we're like this is awesome
1: but the game just wouldn't let you marry each other they're like no you're brothers and oh. you, you got pissed and turned off
0: no problem no problems there don't worry about <laughs> it um, but, uh, but no it was like I just had no want to go back and so the very next night, ne- the very next day, I was just like, I don't want to play it again. I-, I had a good time. I didn't have anything negative to say. I just didn't want to go back. And I don't know where that's coming from. And so certain games like, like Call of Duty, it's like all I want to play. Like my gut is just telling me, turn it on and play it. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Like I've never, I've been that zombies? hooked on it. No, no. I've never I I played a little bit uh in Black Ops and I thought it was terrible. I thought I I think I thought it was stupid. Not that I yeah. not that I won't play it. I mean, I totally will, but um yeah, weird. I don't know. I just I yeah. it just it, it's appealing and I don't know why I can't explain it.
1: <laughs> the thing with Call of Duty that trips me up is like a lot of it is achievement related. So like the first level of every Call of Duty game is almost always the the like run through the, the training house level. Mm-hmm. And there's always an achievement for get, for beating the par time. And I always want to get that achievement before I move on to the next level. And I'm never good enough to beat that part time. Mm-hmm. and So I generally never get out of the training level in those games. Yeah. I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't blame you. So, yeah. I'm, I'm an idiot. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh well yeah, so well I'm glad you got one though. I know you really wanted one and you were stressing, so I'm glad that you got an Xbox Series X. I mean, I can't say that if I don't see a tweet saying they're back in stock and I click on the store and they're there that I wouldn't buy one, but as of right now I've got no will, which is which is which I'm happy about because that shows yeah. me like kind of maturing <laughs> because I normally just buy everything <laughs> and then I don't use it like my Xbox One X. So. Um so speaking of that though, John, <clears throat> Next up on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the, I don't know, I don't, I really don't want to under, I don't want to downplay this. Like, I feel like this is seismic news. This is, this is huge. This is earth shattering. But on Monday, Microsoft announced that they had purchased ZeniMax, which is, uh, which is an umbrella for many different studios that they own, including Bethesda, Arcane Studios, uh, I it's software Tango GameWorks. I mean, machine games, machine games. Um, uh, what did I say? Yeah, Tango GameWorks. that did Evil Within. So, like, this is a huge deal. This is like like they Bethesda did their own E3 press conference the last couple years because they were growing so much as a publisher that they had enough stuff to show to do their own conference. They're one of the only ones besides like you, you know you get EA, Activision, Ubisoft, Sony, Microsoft and Bethesda. You know what I mean? <clears throat> they they were rising to that level. So Microsoft they, I, has a I believe up. they
1: added 10 studios to their roster, which now brings them up to 23, and Sony's first-party studios they have 13.
0: Yeah. So it it was uh, I mean that's that's huge. It's huge news. Can't downplay it. Can't say that that's not a huge win for Microsoft. They paid 7.5 billion with a B. 7.5 <laughs> $7. billion dollars. For Zenimax, that's huge. Now, um, let me just say this. Let me let me throw you the question first, John. When you first heard that news, where'd your head go? Like, what did you like? What do you even think when you hear something like that?
1: Uh, well, the first thing I said was "Holy shit!"
0: Uh, <laughs> because th-
1: this, in a million years, was not something I would expect. Like, there was talk of Warner Brothers trying to spin off. WB Games uh, or AT and T, their parent company, trying to spin off WB Games, and the rumor was that they were trying to get about four billion dollars for that, and that seemed like too much because the only IP that Warner Brothers Games really would have taken with it would have been most likely Mortal Kombat. So, because Rocksteady's an amazing developer, but they don't own Batman. Right. And so it would have that would have dragged licensing deals behind it, uh, if you wanted to continue to have Rocksteady have access to the franchises that made them famous. Um, Bethesda, however, is a privately traded com- or a privately owned company, um, and they're they own like all of the license or all of the the um, the IP that they work with, they own. And so by buying them up, Microsoft suddenly has access to Doom, Quake, Hexen, uh, Commander Keen,
0: probably. <laughs> Wolfenstein, um, Dishonored.
1: Wolfenstein, yeah, Dishonored, Elder Scrolls, um, yep. Prey. <clears throat> Fallout. Uh, okay. Fallout, just a crazy amount of IP. And um, Starfield, the Bethesda's next uh, open world Thing. They're sp-
0: they space
1: opera, yeah. And so, the this purchase, I think, other than like EA or like Ubisoft, would be one of the m- biggest purchases where they're they're owning it and depriving the other consoles of those games. Would do the most to get people that would no- normally not buy an Xbox to potentially think about it. Sure. Um, like the the Elder Scrolls series is system sellers. The the Fallout series, well, the mainline Fallout series, is system sellers. Um, and so, I think obviously they want they want first party titles on their console. But I also think that a major reason that they bought this is. Uh, To bolster Game Pass, Um, because once all of this deal goes through, most of Bethesda's back catalog is going to go straight into Game Pass, Uh, and they've made a lot of games for Xbox One, and and so like you, they would throw like four Wolfenstein's on there, two Doom games, uh, Fallout, New Vegas, or probably all of the Fallout series that are on 360 and uh, Xbox One would immediately go to Game Pass. Yeah, uh, so so I so this is my kind of tinfoil hat concept. Uh, I'm going to throw a question at you. So people might be pissed off that these games are now exclusive to a different console, potentially. What could Microsoft do to make? gamers angry at Sony about this deal
0: um I mean I don't think they can do anything because like gamers are just gonna be mad at whoever they feel like or who or whoever like well, Jim sterling tells them to be mad at like it it, it the thing <laughs> the thing about uh, about this which I'll be honest like I don't think these games are going exclusive <clears throat> I really don't um, but if they were to like, what can Microsoft do? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I guess I, I'm assuming you're asking me that almost rhetorically because you have an idea. So I have let, an idea. <laughs> I'll tell you. I mean, I, I, I don't. I'm not sure. But, uh, but tell me, please. So let's say
1: that the new act uh, of the new Fallout, the new the Starfield game, and. Uh, Elder Scrolls are exclusive to Xbox and PC, unless they're on Game Pass on PlayStation Five.
0: Sure. See now, and I don't think that would piss gamers off.
1: Uh, I, no, I'm I'm saying like like what if Microsoft is using this like a wedge sure. to get their product on potentially a different console
0: so i don't think they've got the stones to do it in this next generation coming i think microsoft's long-term strategy is for the next generation of consoles so it's seven years whatever it's going to be that's when they're going to be in a position where they don't even make hardware anymore they're just going to be like hey look we're not making a competing product for you we want to put this service on there for every one of our subscriptions someone buys through your console you get five bucks or whatever And then you're right, they may not release that game on that console. It's only available through their service. I could see that. I mean, see, that makes more sense to me than all of a sudden in the next year, all the Bethesda games going just to Xbox and PC. That doesn't make any sense. When you have a huge install base, Microsoft didn't pay $7.5 billion to sit on studios properties just to stick it to Sony. Like, that's not how this works. Um, but that is so, an interesting but, thought, and I hadn't thought of that. That's actually interesting. Uh, but it makes sense with something I am in line with, which is I do believe that Game Pass will be on a Sony console in the future if Sony sticks with the consoles. Which I mean, they haven't given us any indication that they wouldn't stick mm-hmm. with consoles after this next generation. It just seems to be their thing. I mean, they're a hardware company. So,
1: well, and I think I I very much think that Microsoft wants to be the Netflix. Of video games, uh, and and honestly, in the last like I think couple months, Microsoft has g- gained five million Game Pass subscribers.
0: Yeah, it's exploding. So they yeah.
1: they had t- they had ten million, and they they gained another five million that quickly, which is crazy. Um, and it's a great service. And I like I have not heard a single person that was like, "Oh, Game Pass sucks." Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. So the the other thing that I wanted to potentially talk about is what potential, does any of this excite you about Microsoft now owning Bethesda? Um, And also, why do you think that they sold?
0: Um, so I would say no, nothing about this excites me, (laughs) but I also don't (laughs) care. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I don't mean like, Oh, I don't, I could care less. This isn't a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, but I also didn't care. And, and people might blast me for this. I didn't care when Disney bought the rights to the Fox, you know, the Fox back catalog or whatever. And because a lot of people were worried that there's a consolidation and like uh, a consolidation of all these smaller properties into one huge conglomerate. It's not a good thing. It's 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 anti-competitive, which is true. Um, I don't I didn't care about it in that. And I don't care about it in games either, I guess, um, because there's always going to be the people that don't want that structure that leave and go start their own company in games. One person can make a game. You know, one yeah. person can't make Uh, A a feature film well i shouldn't say that they can but those often aren't on the same level and recognized and can't be as successful oftentimes as the big ones so i'm just saying in the game industry it's easier to break off and be indie again as opposed to like like the movie industry
1: and and a certain amount of people leaving a team can really change the way that that The culture of that company functions
0: which which we just had the news today that the new studio formed by the ex-blizzard developers mike morhaime and a bunch others started it's called like dream house or dream haven or something like that so they they just announced that this morning that like these ex-blizzard employees all that left blizzard started a new one including mike morhaime who was like the father of lore of warcraft so Hmm. um so i'm not really excited uh I don't care. Like to me I don't think it's going to change anything. I really don't. Like it, it changes the back end. It changes what we don't deal with, which is it changes the amount of money Microsoft's going to make. But all these companies are going to like these companies for the most part Microsoft will let them be run by the people that were successfully running them before. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like the next Fallout game, the next um Doom game, the next Evil Within, <laughs> if if we're so blessed to have a third one those games will be multi-platform unless they don't think it'll be profitable to put it on another system then they won't um so, so i i guess to me it doesn't really change anything i mean like as gamers how we consume i don't think it changes anything really the 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 thing that
1: like this gets my gears spinning in my brain about is that microsoft now owns in exile obsidian and and bethesda who all make fantastic role playing games. Mm-hmm. And so now none of those guys are competing with each any with each other anymore. They can now collaborate together potentially. And so we might get better products out of the fact that all of these developers that make the best western RPGs can suddenly collab together and potentially help each other solve problems and make their products better. So that excites me about that. Sure. Um, and then on on the other side of things. So machine games, uh, which is comprised of a lot of old Starbreeze developers, uh, makes amazing first person shooters. The Wolfenstein series is fantastic. And before it, like, um, Chronicles of Riddick escape from butcher Bay was also a fantastic game. Um, and so having those guys potentially assisting with Halo or Geaser, Gears of War or Doom would be awesome. Same thing with uh, with id software and, and Doom. Like I would hope that they potentially have some freedom that maybe they maybe they pull Quake out of their back catalogue and do something with Quake, like they that they don't have to ma- necessarily make sure that their their next game is gonna prop up their company, like because they have sure. Microsoft behind them, and so they're they don't they probably won't have to worry about budgets as much um, as they did prior. Um, I also like I feel like part of the reason why that the sale happened is I think Bethesda was potentially in a bad spot. Um. Because their last, like, probably six games have really underperformed. They're not bad games, but they just haven't been what a company like that probably needs to survive. Um, Prey was great, but undersold. Uh, Dishonored 2 did horribly, but was fantastic. Um, uh, Doom Eternal came out the same day as uh, Animal Crossing, and... I don't believe Doom even hit uh, broke the top ten on NPD that week at all, and in in retail, usually if you don't, you make the most amount of sales you're going to make in that first week, and then after it, it's just a decline for the most part on ninety percent of games, and so uh, again, Wolfenstein Youngblood, the Wolfenstein VR Cyberpilot game on PlayStation. Um, uh, Fallout 76 obviously was a giant turd. Uh, so all of these games underperformed, and then everything else that they kind of have in in the works is years away and will make them a crap load of money, but they need to get
0: there. If they got <laughs>
1: there, <clears throat> that, that's, right. they, that's like, really going to make a shitload of money when Starfield comes out and when the next Elder Scrolls comes out, but they're going to have to keep their company in business for four or five years before, before they start seeing returns on those big games. And so I could see their, their owners looking at that as like, Hey, we have all this IP and the IP is very valuable, but it's not valuable to us right now.
0: Right. You know, honestly, man, that's a great take. That thought didn't cross my mind at all. I also think it's really interesting what you said about cross studio, um, helping because yeah because that that is a thing between the sony studios they collaborate all the time Mm -hmm. and uh and and in fact there's a lot there's a reason why a lot of the sony first party games are like open world games i think (laughs) because they're just like they seem to have that backbone you know um so that is interesting i guess now the more i think of it my only concern i have with this is the same thing when studios get bought by ea or activision or whatever Mm -hmm. so what if arcane's next game flops and then Maybe the next game after that is not well received. Arcane's gone; it's gone, and they'll, they'll just close it and they'll absorb it into other studios. Then a few years later, you know, Tango GameWorks, like, you know, was it Shinji Mikami or whatever? He leaves because he's just sick of it, and then that gets dissolved. And then a few years later, you know, ID is like, well, let's just we're just we're merging ID with. Uh, this studio and it's becoming uh, Microsoft North or something. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what happens <laughs> with these studio when these studios when they get bought by big companies. So, yeah, you're you're it's it's a what have you done for me lately industry. You don't get a bunch of chances, uh, and rightfully so. It's big money going into this stuff. You can't you can't fail a bunch of times and then just like expect to keep your job. So that would be a concern of mine. But I think that's a great point you made about. The potential for them being in a tough spot, they're kind of in a, they're in like a holding pattern right now where they've got a bunch of stuff on the horizon, but nothing really recent since, you know, and and I mean, you can ride your residuals from fallout four and ride your residuals from Skyrim, but that, that obviously that well is running dry. You need those new properties. And I don't think any of these are close. Like Starfield's years away, Elder Scrolls 6 is years away, Fallout 5, I'm assuming, is years away. They haven't announced it, but obviously I'm sure they're working on it. Um, there's
1: some like I the only thing I can think of that Bethesda's got coming up soon is they're doing some DLC for uh, for Doom Eternals that's coming out. Yep. Uh they've got Deathloop that got delayed uh on Playstation, and then they've got uh Ghost Warrior Tokyo that also got delayed. Um, and Deathloop seems like it's close-ish. Like, I think that's going to be, like, first first couple months of next year. Yeah, but I agree. I feel like, I think Ghostwire Tokyo is probably a next year holiday title. Um, uh, I do find it funny that, so, Sony announced their big, uh, like, the... If you have PlayStation Plus you can download 20 hit titles from PS4 on your <laughs> your PlayStation 5 and Fallout 4 is one of them. Yep, yep. <laughs> So one of Microsoft's owned titles is going to be part of that.
0: And you know an update's coming to that game that's going to say Microsoft Studios right when you boot that sucker up. You know it's coming.
1: No, supposedly um I was cuz I listened to a ton of podcasts and I I kind of I was listening to a, a a lot of podcasts to see if anybody had the take that I've had um, which I haven't heard, like kind of funny and Easy Allies and a couple others. Nobody really spun it in this direction that we've taken it. Um, but uh, um, they, one of them said that Bethesda is still going to be the publisher, supposedly, of their games. So you're still going to see Bethesda Softworks yeah. as the publisher. I think. I think the ZeniMax. Logo's gone because there's no there's no name cachet to putting ZeniMax on anything. I'd agree with um, that, but yeah. but I do think that when people see a Bethesda software software title, that means something. I I I think that Bethesda probably won't publish ID's games anymore because I don't think that people connect ID's software with Bethesda. Really, they feel like they're different things.
0: Sure, I, I think that's um, fair.
1: Yep, but but yeah. Uh, i'm i'm excited oh the oh the other stinker i was thinking of or that i couldn't think of rage 2 <laughs> mm. another another game that unfortunately released very recently and just flopped
0: yeah yeah they had a few So yeah they've had a few stinkers yeah um so yeah I, oh sorry go ahead oh ahead. no no go ahead I lost.
2: all right it. <laughs>
0: Sorry, sorry about that. Sorry. I kill, killed your your mojo. Um, so th- there were two things I wanted to address about this as well. Um, the first one was when obviously a lot of people who obviously don't understand how this works <laughs> um, basically <laughs> started freaking out. Like, well, what about the games that they've already announced are PS5 exclusives? What are going to happen to my exclusives? Cried the PlayStation fanboys. <laughs> what about my exclusives? So, and then Microsoft came out with a statement saying we're we're not making any changes to any announced games that were playstation exclusives basically like we're gonna go through with it what they say i think we're gonna we're gonna honor the exclusivity right okay yes they're they're
1: honoring honoring the contracts that were already written thank Uh, you by the way i did i did think of what i was gonna go go towards so after we're done with where you're at
0: yeah hold hold on to that so so yes microsoft's gonna honor the contracts that they're legally bound to that they've already signed I mean, come on. Okay. That's the first thing. These contracts for these exclusives, there was money exchanged. There was contract signed long time ago. Okay. So just like understand the industry before you start like freaking out about things. That's the first part. And then the second thing was everyone going crazy about like everything now being exclusive. And I'm the first to say, it's certainly possible. It's possible that Microsoft could say every Bethesda game now will be exclusive to PC and con and uh xbox console but they're not gonna do that you know and so i want everyone to relax with that too like take a deep breath and, and and again if you're only a sony fanboy or a switch fanboy and all you want is those consoles and you don't want to expand then i i understand that's fine but you don't get to play all games anyway so you shouldn't be upset if a company doesn't bring their games to you Right. Buy buy that console if you want their games, right? That's that's what you're so proud of with your PlayStation and your Switch exclusives, right? You're so proud of your co- your s- console having exclusives, but you get pissed when someone else has exclusives that you want. Um, when well, but- Microsoft
1: Microsoft's brought in uh, three titles to Switch that are console that were previously console exclusive and that they published the um, Cuphead. Um Minecraft, Ori Will of the Wisps, and Ori in the Blind Forest mm-hmm. are all on Switch. Uh, and some right. of those are on PlayStation as well.
0: Um Minecraft Dungeons is on PlayStation 4. Uh they yep. just released the VR update for PlayStation 4 to play Minecraft and VR. So like these are things yeah. that Microsoft cares about making money on software. They don't care that like they, they don't they don't you don't have to get your money through their box anymore. That's not their mentality.
1: And and honestly, Microsoft like their games being kept off of other consoles won't be on Microsoft's part. I don't think because the reason why the Minecraft was behind the switch version, the Xbox and the PC version was that Sony was really, really slow to adopt and allow cross plat platform play. Yep. And Microsoft had updated all of those other versions to allow cross platform play and Sony was holding out and saying no. And finally, I think it was probably like four or five months ago, Sony finally said, "Okay, we'll allow it." And then, as soon as they allowed it, Microsoft updated the the uh, version of Minecraft to allow all the new items that that were added uh, to allow crossplay. And they even announced that they were going to allow the VR update yeah. for Minecraft that's available on the Oculus Rift and the PC and whatnot to do for PlayStation VR and like they're not charging for that they're just saying hey cool you bought our product we're gonna give you all the updates as soon as yeah. Sony allows it yeah and it's... so it the the garden is only walled because of Sony and because of my and Nintendo and what they'll allow I feel like
0: right and and that and that's possible that Sony will say you know what? we don't ever want Game Pass on our system on our, on our console so there there might not have a deal and then maybe Microsoft goes nuclear option then and they say okay well then that's the only way to get our games and then there's a PR battle between Microsoft offering it and Sony rejecting it and yada yada. And that's, I even think that'll be this generation. I really don't. I, I think this is, I think we'll get through this whole generation with them still quote unquote competing in the hardware space. Mm-hmm. And then next generation, Microsoft will be like, hey man, you can play this on a Sony smart TV. You can play this on a Roku. You can, you can stream all of our stuff on any device you got.
1: So as, as far as developers, so you mentioned that, uh, like maybe, maybe, uh, arcane releases another game that underperforms and then eventually they get shuttered. Um, uh, on kind of funny's uh, we have cool friends podcast, They talked to Tim Schafer of, uh, um,
0: Oh, my favorite developer.
1: Yes. You love him. Double fine. Um, double fine. So they talked to Tim Schafer of double fine and they asked him what it is. What has it been like since you've been bought by Microsoft? And what Tim Schafer said was that they really haven't done anything to change the culture within their studio. and this is this is uh, goes for I think all of the studios that Microsoft has bought within the last like five years they're really allowing them to do things on their own. They're taking ideas from the cultures at the different developers and then, what Tim Schafer said is that it's removed the frantic need to kind of always sell their game to a publisher. So like they don't have to spend as much time begging for money and trying to get stuff greenlit as they did before Microsoft kind of willing to just let them do their thing. Because uh, Tim said that like the smaller games that they make, uh, like the game rad uh, that they published with uh, bandai, um, Microsoft wants those types of games to pad out Game Pass, so they're they're willing to put money into a big title like Psychonauts, but then they also want uh, Double Fine and sure. and all those other companies to still make those smaller experimental projects. Um, and then, like Double Fine actually said that they they ran out of money from their Kickstarter for Psychonauts, and shocker. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, so, sorry. I
0: won't get started on it. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so they got bought by Microsoft, and th- before they got bought by Microsoft, they were going to have to cut out some boss battles from Psychonaut. Uh, so there were gonna be, they were going to be—they had ideas for for game de- game ideas that they were going to end up on the cutting room floor because they didn't have the budget for it. And then because Microsoft bought them, they were allowed to delay the game a little bit add those boss battles back into the game that they wanted and make the vision that they originally had. And so that is really cool. And I think that, that Microsoft is probably going to allow that to keep or to, to go throughout the studios to allow them yeah. to be experimental. Well, it's sim- uh, and they, they used to be like EA a little bit, like Lionhead kind of unraveled and, um, and rare, like unraveled shortly after they bought them, um, but it seems like their studios that they've that they've had for a long time now have their footing, and like Sea of Thieves has been really successful for Rare, and and kind of had like ushered in a new era to that company, and like Playground Games with the Forza franchise and Turn Ten with the the Forza Motorsport franchise have been fantastic for years, and so like it's. I'm sure that the, like the, the playground game guys are excited to be able to branch out and, and get their hands on, on fable. And I think that other, the, the teams that comprise of all of Microsoft now are probably like, man, I'd love to take a crack at, at making a a tactics fallout, making a, a throwback old school style fallout or, or, or making, making a doom. Like, uh, and then also, um, so John Carmack, who was one of the original creators of Doom, uh, got into uh, some legal disputes with ZeniMax. So, d- do you know anything about that at all?
0: Yeah, yeah. Basically, it was over the VR when he went to Oculus and went to Facebook. yeah.
1: So, so back when Doom Three was being developed, uh, I think it was the 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 re-release of Doom 3 when it hit consoles, at the same time as they were they were making that version, John Carmack was making this funky-ass VR thing uh, at id Software. And he was basically going to release the plans on how a hobbyist could build it themselves as well and play Doom 3 using a VR headset. And so ZeniMax, he, he was building that while he was working at Zeni, ZeniMax, and so ZeniMax looked at what he did and then he immediately left and went to oculus and they said hey did he steal our tech and and our time to basically Mm -hmm. build a vr headset and then go drag it off to another company and so they sued john carmack and it's really created friction between john carmack and id software and so after microsoft announced this acquisition john carmack tweeted that he would love to be able to Access some of the old properties that he helped create. Uh, now sure. that it's in friendlier hands, and John Carmack is it is a freaking genius. Like he went on to he's I think he was working with SpaceX launching rockets and stuff. Like I would like to see him reunite with with id Software and and take a crack at uh, at a new Doom or a new Quake. I would love a new Quake.
0: Sure. Well, it's it's one of the few games that like. They haven't really tainted or haven't rebooted yet. Like Doom seems like it's got its footing; it's got its customers. So you almost need, yeah. you almost need like a, a fresh franchise. And Quake could, Quake could be it. I'm, I'm with you on that. I,
1: I want a Quake One or a Quake Two. I don't. I Quake Three is fine. Like release Quake Three and allow people to play their multiplayer against each other. But like, I want a level based Quake. Right, r- like a, ridiculous yeah. gibbs and and like awesome music and stuff.
0: I'd be surprised if it wasn't in development because the success of doom, like it wouldn't even surprise me if, you know, Bethesda had already like greenlit a Quake game from ID. you know, like, like they're working on, like they finished up doom eternal. Maybe they were going to quake next or something, you know, I don't, you never, yeah. you never know. Uh, one thing I know for certain, John, uh, the previous owners of ZeniMax are filthy, filthy, stinking rich. <laughs> from Do this... you know who any of them are? Uh is one of them Palmer Lucky? Weren't we talking about him? No, Recently, no. Um, I, f- I forget. I know his name came up when I was researching it a little bit. I
1: was surprised. So on the board of directors, um Cal Ripken Jr. Oh boy. Uh now deceased brother of my favorite president in the world, Fred Trump. Uh
0: <laughs> he was on the board, Fred Trump, huh? He,
1: Fred Trump was on the board of directors. Of Zenimax. Uh and yes. And then there was one other, there was one other one that I, that stood out to me, but I can't, I forget, but, uh, I, I'm hoping that their board of directors is just gone.
0: <laughs> they, 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 all got fat. They all got fat paid. Believe me. There's a bunch of people that, yeah. that, that, uh, made a lot of money in that deal. So congratulations to them. And, and I certainly hope that, uh, that we see more collaborate, collaboration cross studio as a positive more so than we see studios getting broken up as a negative.
1: I I also like Pete Hines a lot. So I'm like, I I feel like he's probably gonna like be somebody like Phil Spencer. Yeah. In, in the Microsoft studios. Like I could see, I could see him rising above just working with Bethesda and, and kind of overseeing things like Phil does. I, I also, I just like that, that, um, Pete Hines, like, when when the white supremacist jackasses were getting pissy about Wolfenstein, he's, and they were like, well, aren't you worried about, like, offending white nationalists with the new ideas of Wolfenstein, too? And he's like, he's just like, fuck those people. I don't want them buying our games. (laughs) It's like, God, I like this guy.
0: (laughs) Um, So that, that does take me back, though. I wanted to cover one thing that you said about, Microsoft. So you were talking about the internal studios now and how they feel like there's a, like, like Tim Schaefer feeling like it's a different sort of environment. Yep. And I guess all I can really say to that is I hope so. Obviously I want people to have a good working environment. I think that mm-hmm. is good for quality products that come up. Um, and I think it's easy when you're winning. And it's like a sports team, you know, like you you can have a, everyone can be happy and everyone can be joking around as long as you're winning. And, and so once, you know, once those dudes are making good games and everything's flowing, and I think honestly, Phil Spencer is the one responsible for that. And I think he's holding it together. And I Mm -hmm. think that if in the next few years, if Phil Spencer decides to retire or he decides to go into a different industry or go work somewhere else, I think you will quickly see that change and I hope not I mean I really do like I, I, I want all these people working here to have good jobs and be paid well and make awesome games for us that's good for the industry yeah. but I feel like he's the one piece holding it all together and he leaves or you know once once the, the team starts to fail like right once if Microsoft's not seeing the gains they want in their subscriptions um, which is also funny because one of the main problems I thought with Game Pass was it's that sort of digital distribution model which has been proven to be not developer friendly in the long run for payments. So like, look at something like Spotify musicians complain all the time. That Spotify's pays nothing. Pandora pays nothing. You know, YouTube, you get, you get nothing from YouTube for advertising and clicks. They make most of their money on, well, most it's merchandise and touring and then a little bit from their own CD sales. So, or from their album sales, I should say. So it's interesting that Microsoft now, since they own all of these, they don't have to worry about a developer saying, hey, we're not getting a big enough cut. We're not going to put our game on Game Pass. They're putting the the majority of their Game Pass is going to be properties they own, which they get to avoid all of that. Contract disputes and all that sort of thing, and and things leaving Game Pass because they couldn't sign a deal or something. You know, So it's, it's interesting. It'll be really interesting to, going forward, but I really do feel like this move was to really bolster Game Pass. That's really what it was. Like the, yes. the, the Game Pass is here to stay. I really believe that. And I think it's just going to keep getting better. Uh, and man, it's wild. I mean, th- this, like I said, I can't downplay it all. This was an earth shattering announcement. This is a huge announcement. This is a big win for Microsoft. I really getting that deal done. That's a, that was a big deal for them. All right, John. Yeah, so, I, oh, so, oh, oh no, no, sorry. I was going to go to the next segment, but if you're, you know, got something else to add.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I, w- I would like to know what the deals are for like stuff like Game Pass and and games with gold and uh, PlayStation Plus free games and stuff, because it seems like everybody that does it like you never hear a developer complain about it. They usually right. are happy that they did that that deal. Um, so I I think that it's for the most part i think it's probably a very lucrative deal for everybody that does bring their game to game pass
0: sure it, at least in the beginning you know and and i hope it stays that way because the, that sort of online structure for like a streaming service to pay the artists or the developers in this case i don't know it's normally in other industries it's not been a positive experience so hopefully they they keep it as one here so yes yeah. All right, now John, with your permission, I'd like to move forward. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so uh, this week, John has been wanting to do this forever. He's been wanting to like do this, and and every week I've always been just like, oh man, we just I just don't have the energy tonight. Can we just do a normal podcast and move on? And he last week he said, hey man, I've got these PSP games just sitting here on my desk waiting for this this trivia slash questionnaire thing that he wants to do, and he's like, I can't put them away until we do the damn segment. So I was like, you know what? And even tonight, I'll be honest, I got done with work, and today was another rough day. And I'm just like, I, I just want to get this podcast done today. <laughs> and out. And I was like, no, I can't do that, man. Like, you you've really wanted to do this. And I do too. And I hate that we haven't been doing the extra segments because I do enjoy that. It's just it's just one more thing, you know? And it's 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 hard at the end of the day just to be like, yeah, let's just start doing more. You know, it's just uh So, with that being said, um, what do you got for me man? Hit me with it. So so this
1: is John's random ass PSP trivia. So I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to describe a bit about a game and I want you to tell me what the name of the game is. Okay. So they're all
0: PSP games. Are they all US release PSP games?
1: They are all US release PSP games.
0: Okay. I accept your challenge.
1: All right. We'll start with a kind of easy one. Uh, so this is a spinoff of the Tokyo Highway Battle um, Import Tuner Challenge series, made, published by Konami, but made by Genki. Hmm. Do you know what it is?
0: Oh, what's that one called? Is it Supremacy Racing? Or Total Supremacy? What's that called? I have it. I'm going to look over here. I have it. All right, go ahead. Hold on, give me a minute. Is it street supremacy?
1: Yes, it is. Yes. (laughs) All right, I had a feeling you'd get that one.
0: Well, I'm glad. That was the easy one, then I'm in trouble, because that was kind of hard. I knew it was supremacy, I just couldn't remember the first word.
1: All right, so... I've got a... PSP game that the first game in the series released on the Playstation 3 the sequel or the second and third sequels released on the PSP but we only got the second game in the US do you know what game that is?
0: hmm the first one was on PS3 the second and third came to PSP but we only got the third?
1: Yes. There's also the fourth game is on PS4 and Xbox 1. That's I
0: don't know for sure, but my brain's taking me to Fat Princess.
1: Uh well, Fat Princess is published by Sony,
0: so that didn't make sense for the Xbox 1. And I kind of knew that, but like okay, so the first It is on... a J-
1: it is a JRPG.
0: First one's on PS3
1: they also remastered it on ps4 the first game
0: are you talking about legend of heroes nope no because that's right because yeah one two and three came or the first three came out i'm gonna have to take a pass i don't know man you stumped me on that one
1: uh valkyria chronicles two there she is
0: okay yeah i remember that and then yeah yep 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 that all, all those boxes check
1: all right this game is a puzzle game that was released on the DS and the PSP. It is named after the creator of the Game Boy. Oh, I really should know that. <laughs> he smoked like a chimney and was drummed out of Nintendo after the failure of the Virtual Boy. Virtual Boy, Boy.
0: yeah. Um, hmm... Oh man, I'm looking through all. My, I'm looking through my head. I'm cataloging all my PSP puzzle games. <laughs>
1: uh, on the back of the uh, the box, it says that he was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award in at Game Developer Conference
0: 2003. Oh wow, wow! I know that too. Like I've heard that story about the Game Boy creator. The Virtual Boy was a piece of shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) Uh, This
1: game was also developed by Q Entertainment, the same company that did uh, Luminous.
0: Yeah, is it... um, No, that doesn't make any sense because it's not a name, but is it that... No, that wasn't on DS. You
1: were thinking Every
0: Extended Extra? No, I was thinking... That P Cubed intelligent cube like pseudo-sequel, but it's not that, it's um P-Cube isn't even a sequel to Intelligent Cube,
1: it's just r- some it's garbage. Just some <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like a sequel to Intelligent Cube, but it's totally not.
0: Let's see, let's see. Uh Mercury. Arch- Archer Archer McLean's Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is Gumpei. Oh, yeah. uh, Named
1: after, uh, Gumpei Yokai, or however the hell you say his
0: name. Man, that was a tough one, man. You're crushing me on these. Alright, so this is another puzzle game. My my, my strength, clearly.
1: This (laughs) is a really weird puzzle game. Uh, it is an offshoot to a game that you bought a couple months ago. On it was it's a PS2 game. Public the the PS2 game that you bought a couple months ago is published by Atlas, and is very bizarre. Hmm. And this is a puzzle side game.
0: Hmm. Is it uh, WTF? It is not. What what else weird puzzle spin off i'm going to pass man i don't know that i i'm just i'm not like psp i'm super weak on like i don't know why i just don't like the obscure psp i'm kind of let's let's
1: see if you can uh, this this might help the the both games are created by Irem entertainment does that help at all
0: i can see the logo <laughs> um, but no i don't think that's going to help all right
1: uh, Blockus Portable Steambot Champion. You
0: know what's crazy about that? I have I have Blockus for PSP.
1: So this is this is a game in the Steambot Chronicles
0: franchise, which is weird because <laughs> Blockus is like a really awesome board game. It's like a Tetris type, like a four player, okay, like, kind of Tetris type board game. So how that is in the Steambot, I don't know. Uh, it ha- I think it,
1: it has like um, almost like visual novel style S- interludes.
0: So that means that there's two Blockus games for PSP because there's just a regular Blockus and then there's the Steambot Chronicles one.
1: I uh, that I don't know that's this is the only one I've got is the Blockus Portable Steambot Championship. Let me one. see
0: the let me see the cover of that real quick. Mm, I'm pretty sure that the one I have is just called Blockus. Hmm, I'm gonna weird. look real quick. Show me the ears. Is it, like, red or is it more bluish? It is blue. Yeah, I do. Okay, I have that. It's literally on my shelf. All right, cool. Okay. (laughs) Great. Oh, man. All right. This is rough this week.
1: So, this next title, uh, the niece of legendary video game developer, Kaiji Inafune, uh, can't wait to visit her uncle's new theme park. Unfortunately her uncle gets kidnapped and it is up to her to rescue her him uh in this game uh this is a late release psp title by axis games
0: man that doesn't sound freaking familiar to me at all (laughs) like that's like nothing to me um (laughs) you know who kaiji Inafune is though right yeah um the the the
1: very very popular creator of Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, big big time.
0: <laughs> big Mighty Number no. Nine fan. Oh, so I do know, I do know that game. I have it uh, at the store. Um,
1: it's got a pink spine. Spin,
0: yep, yep, yep. I can see it. I just, I'm never gonna know the name of this game. It's something. Um, uh, oh shoot! <laughs> I want to say it's something like s- something with skull or ghoul. Nope. Mm. Fudge, man! All right, I don't know. Uh, I give up.
1: It is, it is sweet fuse at your side.
0: Hmm. You know what's funny about that? Like, I don't recognize that name at all, but I know exactly what you were talking about. Like, as soon as you said that, I have. Because I think I bought the collector's edition.
1: They had a collector's edition.
0: <laughs> or, or, or when you bought it, it came with something. Like, it's got like a little pink huh. bag, or it's got like a carry case, or something. Yeah, there's something with okay. it. I, I have it at the store. I have to dig it out, but I remember buying that game because it was late life. Like, I don't have it in my personal collection. It's just at the store. Oh, okay. All right. right. I got two more. Oh, God. Let's get this over with, man. You're crushing me on these. Like, this is embarrassing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A side-scrolling shooter uh, featuring a claymation art style for PSP. Platypus. Yes, it is. Thank
0: God. Jesus, right. man. I, I was really struggling. Like, I was worried I wasn't going to get any of these. <laughs>
1: um, yes. I was trying to think of how... Uh, so, this next title is a PSP spinoff to an IDOS developed title featuring a Hispanic lead character and uh, it's it's very much like it takes place in Mexico uh, the original game was released on PS2 and the original Xbox I believe it was called like Maximum Over- Overdrive or something mm-hmm. like that uh, do you know what I'm talking about yes do you know what the PSP
0: offshoot title was called yes John that game is Chili Con Carnage that is correct <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those just wild wild ass games that like how did this get made who gave someone right. money to make this
1: <laughs> and and they're like hey we should make a sequel let's put it on the PSP so no one can buy it
0: yeah 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 really successful <laughs> PS2 and Xbox game let's follow up with a solid PSP title
1: so yeah, right. you got three of seven Ugh,
0: that's not very good I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy that it was kind of fun
1: though, right? Oh, actually I have one more, but I don't actually own the title. So oh, well, I'll, let's
0: do it. and Even I'll 10. I'll throw this at you. Let's do it.
1: Alright. Uh, so this title was originally released on the PSP as a code in the box. Uh, it later was released on a UMD after about a year or two.
0: Oh, was that upon three yes it was all right all right so yeah I know so, some things sometimes apparently so
1: you got uh, so you split it down the middle then you got uh,
0: 50% all right well I'll <laughs> take it <laughs> man that was that was really dicey in the middle but that was fun um and so I promise you I will come with one for you next time because I know we talked about you'd think it'd be really fun to do like a publisher developer sort of thing so I'm gonna find some obscure games and you're gonna tell me who the developer is and or publisher is so we're gonna do something fun like that because i do kind of like this i just think it's neat to you know to have a little bit of trivia to challenge each other a little bit well Um, and
1: also like um i don't know about you but like it's it's interesting when i listen to people talk about games that i've never heard before so like like i'm sure that that me talking about the the weird Kaiji Inafune getting kidnapped game
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, is probably, like, somebody's probably going to be like, what the hell? What game was that? Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> the
0: Kriger and Mega Man to track kidnapped? It down. Uh, or, or I guarantee the sales of Chili Con Carnage will go up 500% around the United States right. after this episode airs. <laughs> Guaranteed. Um, so, with that being said, we have our games of the week picked out. We have our pickup piles of the week. So, John, give me your game of the week. What do you got?
1: All right. Uh, so (laughs) my game of the week is, uh, block crash five for the PlayStation Vita. It is an import and it is basically breakout, uh, with a Hello Kitty theme. All right. Uh, and I'm, I'm a giant Hello Kitty dork.
0: John is known to be a Hello Kitty fan. Yes.
1: Yep. And, uh, I like it because all of the trophies are like a Sunday cup with Hello Kitty's head on the top. Uh, so, if you look at my trophy list, you will see uh, Hello Kitty picture trophies, which is awesome. All right. <laughs> uh, what is your game of the week this week, Greg?
0: So, uh, this, I'm sticking with the PS2 theme, and we're moving on to an obscure little horror game called Obscure. <laughs> so, <laughs> it. Uh, so this this was a survival horror game, you know, obviously in the height of Silent Hill being popular, Resident Evil being popular, and this game had a two player co op mode, which is unheard of in in any sort of survival horror games or horror games. And what was neat about this is this was before Detroit Become Human did this and before Until Dawn did this. Um, but if a character died, you could keep playing the game. And there was a different result at the end depending on which characters died or didn't die. So in Until Dawn, mm-hmm. you essentially play that game all the way till the end. If you lose people, you just get like a crappier ending or story or path or whatever. And this so this game kinda did something similar, not quite as awesome. But most importantly, featuring music by some forty-one and span. <laughs> I don't know span. what's I don't know what span is I've never heard of span yeah. uh but seeing as how they're sponsored or they're uh, featured with some 41 I'm gonna assume it's similar kind of music um but yeah just kind of like it's not a great game uh for horror but it's it's not bad uh and they did a sequel uh obscure aftermath and it's much less interesting but also okay. but also okay. but yeah, like a co-op survival horror game so like look if, if you're looking for a good two-player couch co-op I want to say this game's probably up to like 80 bucks now or something because... I
1: said that game I was gonna ask you about the value of that game because do you remember how much that game was when it came out?
0: Uh, I think that was 20 bucks wasn't it?
1: It was 20 bucks and it is now one of the more expensive PS2 games. So
0: yeah Metal Jesus must have did a video or something about it. <laughs> because um, the value just went stupid on it. Oh boy, John! I'm about to get really happy and surprised here. Hold on, okay. come on eBay now. Come on now. How about for obscure? No way, that's got to be wrong. Three hundred and seventy dollars. Shut up! Holy shit. Three hundred to three fifty, <laughs> easy. That's nuts. All day.
1: God. Damn. Someone
0: sold haunting ground and obscure together for five hundred and sixty dollars. <laughs> Good, good God. I'm treating this game like I've got it sitting here on my table next to my beer glass, like, getting water all over the art. And I'm like, you know, I should probably take a little better care of that, maybe. $300 game. Um, So, yeah, for the people
1: that don't know, um, like, me and Greg just own a shitload of games. And, like, I don't know what they're worth until, like, really you tell me. Sure. (laughs) So, like...
0: And, and I'm not kidding. Obscure for PS2 at my store six months ago was a $20 game. It was a $25 game. So, Damn. like, someone did a video because PS2 horror games have been going up. That's They're one of the most popular PS2 genres right now. And mm. so people are finding these, oh, you know what that means? That means cold fear is going to have gone up, and I haven't bought that yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I need that game too. <laughs> You know what no. game should be
1: worth more than it is uh the thing. That game is awesome.
0: Oh, it's going up. It's not uh, it's not is up it? this high yet, but it's up to like I think it's up to like thirty. Um Okay. So Cold is up to fifty bucks. The thing That's is up crazy. to the thing's up to thirty, thirty five. Yeah, it's gonna keep going. Cold fear,
1: Cold fear is the game that you could find in every damn bargain bin for PS2
0: for years. It, it's the most jank ass busted looking wannabe Resident Evil I've ever seen. <laughs> and now it's $50. Welcome, welcome That's to hell. Madness. Welcome to hell. Um, so, John, what is in your pickup pile this week? I know the last couple weeks we've had some paltry pickup piles. Some 3Ps, right. you know?
1: So, you are not allowed to make fun of my pickup piles for the next, like, couple months. Because they're going to be small. Because I got a PlayStation and an Xbox to buy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> fair, I myself. Fair enough. Myself. So, so first up, I picked up Super Mario All Stars 3D or 3D All Stars because I want to play Mario 64 and Mario Galaxy on my TV, and then they for some reason threw in Mario Sunshine,
0: which um, is funny because we obviously we talked about this on the podcast a few months ago, like the rumor, and it ended up being true. And then it, it, it yep. they officially announced it, and it came out like two weeks later.
1: <laughs> Although they did nothing to the games and apparently they're running they're, they're They may be running on a dolphin emulator because when you run Mario Sunshine on the dolphin emulator uh, debug uh, blocks show up within the, the world to show where um, there, there are blocks in the game that travel back and forth on a path. And when you run it in the dolphin emulator, that you see little squares that show you where that path is going to go back and forth. And so on this switch version of the game, you see those debug squares. Oh no, which is kind of interesting. (laughs) Oh, um, but yeah, so Mario galaxy, for instance, in this, um, retains the, the pointer control, uh, if you want to use it. Um, and, uh, so I was using my, my joy cons on the little joy con holder, and when I moved my controller up and down, it was it was as if I was pointing the, the pointer at the screen um, So it was kind of annoying to have the star on the screen sometimes, but it was also nice to know that like you didn't have to have um, you don't have to have a sensor bar or anything like that um, But yeah, so this is this is a sweet package. If you're interested in this at all, buy it now because <laughs> Nintendo's gonna stop selling it uh, in March and it's probably already hard to find. So the other two things in my pick a pile. So I went to Chicago this weekend, uh, and we went to the aquarium with my daughter and we went to see the, the big bean at millennium park, uh, and ate some good food at shake shack and had some good, uh, pastries. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go to a Chicago video game store because I don't know about you, but when I go to a big city, I think to myself millions of people live in the city they all like there's probably a higher percentage of people that are trading in weird things to video game stores uh, there's probably gonna be more imports that are gonna be in those those smaller mom and pop shops than a normal store would have you would think and so. so I was yeah so I was excited to go down to Chicago and so I looked up uh, like I I looked googled a list of like the best video game stores in Chicago. And I went to the top one on the list and I was like, cool, let's go check this place out. So I go in and this place is a shithole. Oh (laughs) no. Like (laughs) where you're walking the door and it looks like somebody just dumped a pile of video game related trash on the floor next to the door. (laughs) Um, The, the back counter, like, Looks like if I were to take every single, like, game I own off the shelf and then stack it, like, 70 high in piles, like, <laughs> like, like, there's just a desk <laughs> full of games. The The guy behind the cash wrap was, like, like, behind a, a sandcastle made out of video games. all. It was just ridiculous. And then I'm looking around their store, and there's very little on their shelves, like... They they had a GameCube shelf that was marked GameCube and there was like six games on it <laughs> and it was like it was like a four foot section with nothing on it. Um, they had they had like nothing for for PlayStation. I was just like, God damn, this place sucks. <laughs> so I bought I bought the the only import that I saw in their entire store, um, which was actually decently priced. So I'm I'm happy with it. Um, so I got Ninja Saviors: Return of the Warriors, uh, which is a this is a port of a Super Nintendo game, isn't it?
0: Yes, and, and uh, there is there is a US version of that here. Yes, uh, it was Ninja Warriors. Uh, was it Ninja Warriors? I think here or something. I think. Yeah, I I think it was
1: um, was that a uh, game by um, what the hell is it? I forget who published it. Um, but yeah so I, I picked this up it was like 17 bucks uh, which aint bad um, and then I picked up uh, battle world's Chronos because it was six dollars and because I don't see this game very often <laughs> anymore uh, game... in a case that doesn't look like crap that
0: game's poop man
1: <laughs> it is <laughs> but but I just I don't see it anymore and um, generally if if I don't see a game very often and then it suddenly crops up i'm i'm likely to, to buy it if the price is right so uh the the moral of that story is your store is amazing <laughs> well let me be the Keep first. Up the good work <laughs> well thank
0: you <laughs> let me be the first to apologize for ruining every other game store for you it, yeah. it it's it happens man it happened to me uh it happens to most people i know in fact my friend adam like we'll go, he's one who I always go on all my road trips with to like Wizard World and stuff, and we'll, mm. we'll hit game stores when we're down in Chicago, Minneapolis, wherever we go. And he straight up is just like, here's what he says, and he says it, I love how he says it because it's nice to me, but it's a little harsher on anybody else. But he just goes, I really hope people freaking appreciate your store, man, because you go everywhere else <laughs> and they all suck. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice. Thank you. Um, but also we do work very hard for that. So it's nice to know that like our effort is like, it's turned into something, you know, because I, I don't know. I, I feel the same way though. I go to a lot of game stores and I'm not saying there aren't other good game stores. I'm not saying my way is always the best way or anything like that, but there, man, it just feels like, I don't know. It just feels like, uh, like I go to a lot of game stores and it's just, they're just skating by, you know, like minimal effort and, and this industry, like people, People who are looking for <coughs> rare games and stuff, they'll go into a garbage store and dig. They don't even care if the service is bad. They just want to find the games they want. Like you don't have to even have good service in the in video games because the gamers coming in half the time don't care. They just want to find a place that has what they want. And then if you have good service, that just kind of adds to it. But I think that's the difference with us is I feel like since we offer such a high level of customer service, we get so much repeat business because of that. And so that's where all of our trade-ins come from. And that's where all of the good word spreading out is, you know? And so, uh, but thank you, man. I mean, that is, that is a very nice thing to say. And it makes me feel very happy and, and awesome. So.
1: Well, well, and you constantly have unique things on your shelf. Like, like, I don't know that you have a category in your store that's weak. um like you just you have some you have a large amount of everything it's <laughs> it's really and, and your stuff is in generally damn good shape uh so yeah like it I mean even your like i said i i bought that guy's only import in his entire freaking store your store has probably what like 200 import titles across many yeah, that's, consoles that's
0: probably about right yeah probably about 200 yeah, yeah.
1: and and this store in chicago had one <laughs> and so least, yeah I, and it was a
0: ps4 game of all games too. <laughs> yeah the only other
1: like so i guess the experience that i try to to get again so like years ago i went out to california and there was this this store in california that was like it was almost all import games and it was always like it was all import games and like like anime and like it was a kick-ass experience and so like I just assumed that bigger cities had something along those lines. And, and I just have never gotten that again. Um, I did go to a comic book store downtown that I visited 15 years ago prior, uh, around when I went to E3 back in, uh, 2005. Um, and their, their store got a lot, hell of a lot better. And, uh, they were also really nice and they, the, they had a a ton of comics. Um, I bought, I got a bunch of the Fight Club comics from their uh, 50 cent bin.
2: Nice. And then
1: uh, because I had my daughter with, they threw in like, they gave her probably like 10 of the free comic book day, like kid, kid comics, which was pretty neat. So, so yeah, overall it was pretty good experience other than the garbage video game store that was down there.
0: Mm, nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so what is in your pickup pile of the week? All right. I have a lot because I got a limited right. run shipment in. So I am I am I think I probably have a grand worth of limited run shit waiting. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a lot. Um so I'm gonna go through this pretty quick. Uh so first up I got Icy for PS4. I got the physical for Icy, it's like a side scroller kinda artsy fartsy, looks really cool. Okay. Um I got the physical for worse than death uh i got a physical for a forgotten Anne. now all you have to know about me is if if i look at a game and it's got like pixel style graphics and it's a side scroller i'm gonna buy it like that's just hands down i'm a sucker it's fine uh forgotten
1: Anne is a square
0: enix title isn't it no i don't think so i don't think Limited run what? would have had a square enix title um, i think they
1: published it on on the consoles but i oh, could be wrong
0: they, they might well i th- I think it's only published through limited run. I haven't seen a physical other than theirs, but No, I'm just talking oh, on the console itself. I think you. they published it. Yeah. Um I got The Missing. This one I'm actually pretty I'd actually want to play this pretty badly too. That's on the list. Uh,
1: uh I assume you got the PS4 version. Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. I um, want the PS4 version of that. If you have an extra, let me know.
0: I don't cuz I'm not ordering extras anymore, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> but I'm so I'm sorry. Um That's all right. this one I really like. I got the PS4 physical for um, Indigo Prophecy, so that was cool. Nice, I got that as well. Um, I got, and then the last two limited run games, a couple of Chemco shitters, dude. We got, <laughs> we, we got <laughs> Bonds of the Sky, <laughs> which looks like straight up out of RPG Maker, man. It's wild. And then, uh, I don't, Fr Frayne? Fra- train? Fra- now it's a weird font. Dragon's Odyssey. And this one looks like a live action, like a Legend of Zelda type combat system. So, alright. So, huh. we're finishing off our limited run pickups with a couple of Chemco shitters, which, I mean they're paying somebody like 10 bucks on DeviantArt to make the covers for these games, and they're probably paying someone else about 50 bucks to make the whole game. I mean, it's incredible. Uh,
1: I wish that the, like, remember the old e- Eidos Fresh line where they they had that yellow yeah, like yeah. swoop on the cover. I would love it if like if they had the Chemco shitter line.
0: Dude, I'll make one. Dude, I'll, make, I'll seriously, I'll get Jen on it. She'll do it in Photoshop, make it look so legit. But make awesome. a box
1: set to slide them into. <laughs> so,
0: so, yeah, you put you put got, like a sleeve. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so to finish up PS4, uh, I picked up someone trading a copy of Avengers for PS4. And I did want to play that. I almost bought it new a couple times, but I knew if I waited, it would come into the store. So I got it at the price I wanted it for. Uh, And actually, now that I think of it, that could have been my rant today because it installed for like 45 minutes was downloading Mm -hmm. the update. And I said, "Okay, well, I'll just play the game and I'll update it later. I don't care. I'll just start it. You straight up can't (laughs) play that game if it needs an update. It detects if an update. Well, but there's a a... games as a service game. You shouldn't be surprised by that. There's a whole single player to that game. So there is. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, that's fine. So I wait for the update to finish. It finishes. I start playing it. I get through like the first half hour tutorial kind of area. Like you play as all the Avengers and you go through. Like this is really awesome. And then it Mm -hmm. finishes the intro screen and it pops up a window that says, "The game is still currently installing." You can play the rest of the game when it's (laughs) done installing. And it said like 78%. And I was like, what the hell is this? What, 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 what? garbage future am I living in where you buy a game I have to wait an hour for a download just to play it again I understand if like it's an improvement patch and I just play like a janky version till the improvement nope you cannot play it at all and then I can only play it for a half hour while it's still figuring stuff out it's like Madden like Madden yeah. lets you start it up once it's updated and then you start it up and it's like oh we're still installing like what the hell is taking so long like seriously
1: and it's crazy NBA 2K does that as well Um, the, garbage. the first game where I experienced that was Dead Rising 3 like, they'd let you run around, and then you just run into a big invisible wall, <laughs> and then it would tell you that the game was still installing. It's oh like, my why why'd you even let me start yeah. it? What the hell is just this? Just keep downloading that, that, it.
0: That, that's an, that's an <laughs> abomination. That's, that's all I can say. It's an abomination. Um, and then I got Tony Hawk 1 and 2 for PS4. I didn't buy this new. Nice. I, I almost did a few times, but I knew just wait for one to come into the store. So I got that. And then just today, my copy of 13 Sentinels. For PS4 arrived this is the new Vanillaware game which I love everything Vanillaware does uh, except this game I have a feeling is half visual novel half RTS so I have a feeling I'm going to hate this game but it's
1: apparently also a top down shooter
0: yeah, I think this game's going to be like a mishmash of weird games, and I don't think I'm going to like it. But I hope I do, and right. I'll probably never play it, though. Who am I kidding? It came with a 36-page in art book, John, and it was 60 bucks. What a what a Is it a cool art a, book? What a waste. I don't know, John. I didn't open it. Come on, man. What are you, what are you, oh, come okay. on, man. I didn't open it. Come on. Um. Now, this I thought was weird because I actually thought I had this game, and I was going to replace it with this copy, but I found out I didn't have this game. I got Crazy Taxi on PS2. Now, this one, specifically on the cover says bonus mini strategy guide included it's actually on the art printed and inside okay. the case is a straight up mini strategy guide now what kind of strategy guide do you need for crazy taxi i don't know but uh it's weird you know so i so i actually was going to bring this one home and then replace my copy with this one and then found out i didn't have a copy so work, worked worked <laughs> out well uh i got my copy finally of jay and silent bob mall brawl Um, Originally, when I bought these from Limited Run, they were supposed to uh, give me three gray cartridges of the NES version complete in box. And they kind of messed up the order, and I only got two. And I had two other people that wanted it, so I gave it to them first, and I was able to contact them and get a third gray cartridge one. Okay. So I finally got that. And then lastly, uh, I put another heavy hitter in my NES collection. I got a complete mint in box copy of Contra Force. This actually was a game nice. I had growing up. This game sucks. The slowdown's <laughs> unbelievable. It's unplayable. It's not a good Contra game. It's not a good game in general. Um, however, I had it when I was a kid, and so now it's back in the collection. This was about 400 bucks for a minted box of that. Jesus. And that's it, man. That's, that's, my, that's my crappy pile. It's over. Um... So, And that's it. That's the podcast for today. We uh, we got our news stories out. We did our fun little PSP trivia game. We had our games the week, our pickup piles of the week. Any closing words, John?
1: Uh, Not that I can think
0: of. Alright. Well, thank you everybody, as <laughs> always, for listening and watching. Remember, you can subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash drop rate. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the drop rate. And uh, you can subscribe to Game Talk Radio on iTunes or Spotify or well, hell, anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, I suppose. SoundCloud, you can follow me on there if, that, if you're 500 years old and still using SoundCloud. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at GameTradeGreg. You can follow John on Twitter at DryerCombo. And thank you again. We will talk to you next week unless something crazy happens. Dave's actually going on vacation, and I'm working like mad stretch next week. It's it's going to be awful. Uh, still try to do the podcast though because it's a fun time, and we don't want to deprive the literally hundreds of people that listen to this every single week, John. Yes, and we can't we can't do it. So thank you everybody. We will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Say goodbye, John. Later. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye bye.